بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم نحمد ونصلي على رسول الكريم ما بعد وأنا بسعيد الخدري رضي الله تعالى عنه قال كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم أشد حياء أشد حياء من العذراء في خدرها فإذا رأى شيئا يكرهه عرفناه في وجه متفق عليه قال العلماء حقيقة الحياء خلق يبعث على ترك القبيح ويمنع من التقصير في حق الحق وروينا عن ابن القاسم الجنيد رحمه الله قال الحياء رؤية الآلاء أي النعم ورؤية التقصير فيتولوا بينهما حالة تسمى حياء This hadith we discussed it yesterday Abu Sa'id Khudri radiallahu ta'ala anhu describes the extremely shy and modest nature of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wherein he equates it and he says that Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam had more haya and more shame and more modesty than a virgin woman would have in her private room that is when she is, refers to meeting her husband for the first time in solitude. And this haya and shame of Rasulullah would manifest itself in such a manner that when he saw something that he disliked, the, the fact that he disliked this could be seen on the face of Rasulullah but blurting out, hitting out, attacking out, etc., his haya, his shame, his modesty would not allow him to do this. Allah Karam mentioned one point that they say modesty is something that is particularly inherent amongst women. Whereas we are now qurbu sa'a as qiyamah is approaching, we see that even amongst women this quality is no longer found. Normally you would expect at least a woman would display some level of shame and haya and modesty. And yet today if you look in society, there is this drive underneath this so-called banner of gender equality or to so-called balance the scales between men and women, this drive of taking women out of the home and bringing them into the marketplace to such an extent that even amongst women today this quality is seriously lacking that of modesty and shame and haya for example we find in hadith Jibril when Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asks Jibril alayhi salam that or when Jibril comes and puts the question then mata sa'a when is qiyamat so Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam says, مَلْ مَسْؤُولُ عَنْهَا بِعَالَمَ مِنَ السَّعِيدِ The one that is asking the question as to when is Qiyamat and the one that is being asked does not possess any greater knowledge. In other words, when Qiyamat is going to come is only in the knowledge of Allah Ta'ala. So then Jibreel said, أَخْبِرْنِي عَنَا مَا رَاتِهَا That, tell me what are the signs of Qiyamat. So to this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam responded and he said, أَن تَلِدَ الْأَمَةُ رَبَّتَهَا the first sign of Qiyamat, not that parent, not that children will be disobedient to their parents. 
Allah's Rasulullah said, He said, when the daughters of the Ummat, when the daughters of the Ummat will become disobedient to their parents. Literal translation of what he said, Antalidal Amatu Rabbataha. When a woman will give birth to her slave, when a slave girl will give birth to her master. In other words, daughters will begin to treat their mothers like slaves, then Qiyamat, then wait for Qiyamat. Now why particularly daughters? In the same vein, ulama Ikram mentioned, they say that at least you would expect, the son may be disobedient, you would expect the daughter to be obedient. But as Qiyamat comes closer, it will be, the situation will become so bad that even daughters will become disobedient to their mothers to such an extent that they will treat their mothers like slaves. So in the same vein, this hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, that, or this example, or this analogy, that normally you would expect a woman to have some level of haya and shame. When that is lost completely, then you will find that this is a sign that qiyamah is coming very, very near. And as we mentioned, that Unfortunately, we have to be very, very careful because we find, my respected brothers, we are living in an era or period where there is this ideological warfare. When we talk of ideological warfare, what, we, what is meant by this is that not only is shamelessness, bekhayai, immodesty being advocated, but it is being advocated in such a way as if Islam allows this. Islam allows the breaking down of the barriers between men and women. Islam allows this intermingling. In fact, today, animalistic behavior, if you speak against it also, that also hasn't been, is not allowed. Such a drive is taking place. Whereas, if you look at the example, one or two incidents in the lives of Sahaba Ikram, Abu Musa Ashari radiallahu ta'ala anhu, one day he passed by some people, some men that were bathing naked. When he saw this, this disturbed him to such an extent that how did the Sahabi react to this? He said, He said that I should die and then be given life and then die again and then be given life and then die again and then be given life that is more beloved to me than behaving in the manner or equating the behavior of what I have seen. In other words, this is something that goes against the very grain of human nature. He said, I can't imagine such a thing ever happening. In other words, such public displays of immodesty and shame. One narration, Allama Qurtubi rahimahullah mentions about Umm Darda radiallahu ta'ala anha. That laqiyani Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa qad kharajtu min al-hammam. She says, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I came across Nabi Pak sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after I had come out of the public bath. If you want to talk about public bath, we can equate it to our swimming pools of today or places, public places where men and women, if you want to talk harshly or crudely, strip themselves down. Today this has become something that is the norm in schools, in universities, public bathrooms, where openly shamelessness, immodesty, etc. takes place. 
So Allah's Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked her, Min aina ya ummad darda? Did e o ummad darda, from where have you come? So she said, Min al-hammam. I've come from the public bath. To this Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa responded, Walladhi nafsi biyadihi ma min imra'atin tada'u thiyabaha fi ghayri bayti ahadim min ummahatiha. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said that if a woman removes her clothes in any place outside of her home, I take an oath upon that being in whose hands lies the life of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam here. Hatikatu kulla sitrim baynaha wa baynar rahman. She has destroyed and she has rent every parda or every veil or every boundary between her and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In other words, such behaviors, such overt displays of immodesty and shame goes against the very grain or the essence of Islam and deen. Inna likulli deenin khuluqa wa khuluqul islami al-haya. Nabi Islam said that every deen has an akhlaq and a character. The akhlaq and character of this deen of Islam is haya, is shame, is modesty. So in our homes, in our day-to-day life, we have to introduce this quality which is an integral and an an inescapable and inseparable part of Iman. We have come to the end of this chapter and in this, Alama Nawawi rahimahullah mentions a saying, we alluded to it yesterday, the translation of it. He said, قَالَ الْعُلَمَا حَقِيقَةُ الْحَيَاءُ خُلُقٌ يَبْعَثُ عَلَى تَرْكِ الْقَبِيحُ وَيَمْنَعُ مِنَ التَّقْصِيرِ فِي حَقِّ ذِي الْحَقِّ What is the essence of haya and what is the reality of haya? He says that it is a quality which manifests itself in a person which causes him. It is, it is, a, it is an akhlaq or a character which manifests itself in a person that causes him to stay away from that which is reprehensible. Stay away from that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has prohibited. And it gives him that inner strength and that ability to not be negligent in fulfilling the haqq or the rights of those whom he comes into contact with. And thereafter Imam Nawi rahimahullah goes on to say, he mentions the saying of a very, very great alim and personality of Islam, someone whose name every one of us would have heard, وَرَوَيْنَا Abil Qasim Al-Junaid rahimahullah. Abu Qasim Al-Junaid bin Muhammad Al-Zajjaj. Who this refers to? His actual name was Abu Qasim Junaid bin Muhammad Al-Zajjaj. Zajjaj means glass. Normally in Arabic language, when someone is linked to a particular field or a career, then very often a reference to that is found in the name of the person. In the case of this great alim of Islam, Kana Abuhu Yabi'u Zajjaj. His father used to sell glass. This is where the Zajaj comes from in his name. Originally from Nihawin, he was born in brought up and brought up in Iraq. He passed away Saturday, 297 Hijra. He is buried in Baghdad. The person that is, this personality that is referred to is Junaid Baghdadi, Rahimahullah. That personality of Islam who got the title of Tajul Arifin. That is the crown of those who had the marifat and the recognition of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Imam 
Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah describes haya and shame in this manner. He says, Al-haya'u ru'yatul ala'i an-ni'am wa ru'yatul taqseer fayatawallahu baynahuma halatun tusamma haya. What is haya? He says, in other words, how does one inculcate or, quality or develop this quality of haya and shame within oneself? He says, on the one hand, it is by pondering over Allah's innumerable favors, that how great are the favors of Allah that Allah has blessed me with. This morning I got up, I was able to open my eyes and look and see how many people do not have sight. I was able to breathe the fresh air. I was able to utilize the limbs of my body. I was able to walk to the masjid. We can't count the ni'mats and bounties and favors of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And what does those ni'mats demand? That we use them in the service of Allah, in the obedience of Allah. Allah doesn't need us. Despite not needing us, Allah has showered His bounties and favors upon us. So Junaid Baghdadi rahimahullah used to say that ponder on this. Ponder over how Allah has blessed you in such a way, whereas Allah doesn't need you. And then ponder with that over how negligent you are in fulfilling the rights of Allah. And the more that you will ponder over this by continuously pondering over these two matters, on the one hand, Allah's favor upon you and Allah doesn't need you, your shortcoming in fulfilling the rights of those favors, he says gradually this will create a taqat and a strength within you to obey Allah, to drown yourself in the marifat of Allah, in the recognition of Allah. He says that strength that is developed within you, which will inculcate or imbibe you in Allah's obedience and to stay away from sin, that is called haya and shame and modesty. And as we learn from hadith, that is part of iman. Allah give us the fix, man.